Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Synapse Misfire podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and your other host, Jordan. He doesn't get to introduce himself this time because he failed last time, so... Yeah, I yeah I was called into a meeting, and um, I had two options. I could get the fuck out or lose my uh, my intro card, so yeah, I, gonna... I chose the obvious one, and I'm not yeah. fired, so that's good. That's very good. Yeah, I mean, I already had a replacement lined up. I got this. Uh, I got this guy called Chunk. He's a bit of like he's like furry all over. He's got four legs. He doesn't say much, um, but despite his deformities, I think I could overlook that, <laughs> and he would make a good co-host. Uh, but <laughs> Jordan agreed to revoke his his introduction card, so um, maybe we'll uh, upgrade. Hosts eventually. <laughs> We're friends, by the way. We're actually friends. Yeah, did we mention that in the last episode? And also, if you haven't seen the last episode, go back and watch it. Go um, and watch it. We recorded it 20 minutes ago. Yeah, keep in mind, it was the first time either of us have done anything, uh, you know, podcasting related. Um, yeah. With actual equipment that does things. Like real equipment. Like yeah. we spent like half an hour playing with the, the effects on our mixer. Yeah. So, you know, any improvements that you can think of? Send them in to uh, synapsemisfire at pm.com, right? Dot me. Dot me. My bad. Synapsemisfire at pm.me. Yep. Send in your suggestions, questions. Uh, anything. You can call us shitheads, how much you hate us. Yeah, exactly. Think we should quit. That's fine. Um, yeah. Send anything us, you can think of. Send us death threats at that email. <laughs> That's so, not a joke. Send us death, death threats. I mean, if you do, we'll read them on uh that's true. I want something to read. <laughs> no, um, in all seriousness, yeah, send in anything you have. Uh, suggestions, like comments, whatever stuff you don't want to put in the comments for some reason, mm-hmm. send it over. Um, keep in mind, any executable files, things like that, we won't open. <laughs> oh, we're not? I already opened three, though. <laughs> oh, damn. Wait, I already... is that why my computer caught fire? Damn. Yeah. I, I thought that was just a power surge. Uh, that'll happen, you know, power yeah. surges. Damn. Man. Yeah, anyway, so what are our topics today, Mr. Host, who revoked my damn hosting abilities? We have a few topics, but I'm going to get into something deeply personal to me. Um, I like coffee. I drink a bit of coffee, yeah. honestly. Yeah, me A fair well. bit of coffee. Yeah. Um, and recently, I had a four, five, six-year-old Keurig, like the original Keurig, and it just shit the bed. Mm, it just no. had... Uh, an incident where just one morning it started making half cups of coffee and that's like half as efficient yeah and it took like and it took like five actual minutes to make the coffee where it usually spits it out in like a minute and a half if that right uh, so it was time for a new coffee maker loaded up the old Amazon machine bought the fanciest Keurig I could find simply because it advertised a set of features that I really liked. It had a whole bunch of sizes, five, if I remember correctly, and it has an iced coffee feature, which I like iced coffee. As do I. And um, the thing shows up. I'm taking a look at it. Like, this looks good. This is way nicer than the original Keurig. Um... And I look at the instructions because there's a, a dedicated button for iced coffee. I'm like, how does this work? How does this, how does it, what makes this thing tick? Do you have to like put refrigerant in it? Like what happens? So I'm looking through the instructions and um, the instructions for iced coffee 
The instructions for iced coffee is to make regular hot coffee over ice. That's the whole instructions. Why would you advertise? Why would you advertise iced coffee as an option when you have to make hot coffee over ice, which you would have to do anyway to make iced coffee? You could do it on a regular Keurig. What? Why is that? Why, why is that a feature? Um, I think you know. I'm just spitballing here, but I think the reasoning is because it worked. You were buying it for that feature, and, and it, it did worked. work. And I'm upset about it. It did work, <laughs> and I can't send it back because obviously, like, I'd be without a coffee maker. So, yeah, that's no good. You need to have, uh, you need to have a coffee maker. I need to suck back that caffeine addiction. So that was my experience with with Keurig trying to get a new coffee maker. Now, now here's the real question. Yeah. So their ploy may have worked now, but do you plan on ever buying another Keurig product? Probably. All right. Turns out that you're an idiot. <laughs> fucking, they got me for life, dude. They got you. They got Damn. me. Not sponsored, by the way. Keurig, Obviously. send me a new machine. Send me one that actually makes iced coffee. Although, otherwise, it will forward those death threats to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the, the email address we gave you, send us um, send us death threats directed towards Keurig. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to forward them over to their support email. I, uh, I also don't think that would work very well. I don't think they have coffee makers in prison. Mm. They have coffee. Tough sell, honestly. Tough sell. I don't I don't want to go to prison because I heard they didn't have coffee makers. So. Yeah, definitely not Keurigs. Definitely not iced coffee, like I was promised. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. That's the most devastating thing that's happened to me in a while. Yeah. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, Unfortunately, I yeah, I'm sorry that it hit so close to home and that... uh. Maybe we can send them that in an email. Like, yeah, my friend's really shooken up. He hasn't come out of his room in six months. Even though it's been like a week and a half. I found him hanging from the <laughs> ceiling fan. <laughs> with just the word Keurig written on a piece of paper. That's a with, suicide With note. a hyperlink to a Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I found. <laughs> All right. We're already off to a great start. Lovely. So what's our first topic, Master? Our first real topic? Yeah. Um, let's talk about something recent, something in the news. Ooh, maybe. now we're actually being informative rather than just a bunch of dumbasses. Nice. Yeah, then yelling about coffee makers. Cool, cool. So recently, um, the Overwatch League, which I didn't know people actually still played Overwatch. Yeah, neither did I. I actually never was able to play it, and I kind of wish I did. Um, you, you weren't, I would say you're not missing much, but the thing is, um, when it was relevant and people played it, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I don't even really like FPSs that much. Mm -hmm. So the Overwatch League, apparently that's still a thing. Um, they find, they find a player 1000 United States dollars for posting a Pepe meme on Twitter. (laughs) He posted the he posted the frog, the cartoon frog, and he got a one thousand dollar fine from the Overwatch League. Did they provide reasoning? Well, it says. Let me see. Let me go back here. I'm looking at the article right now because they did provide a reason. Yeah, he was able to appeal the fine and claim that he was unaware of the green frog's alleged connection as a hate symbol. <laughs> Uh, because it's the, the green frog that was posted on 4chan, and 4chan's a dangerous place, mm-hmm. you know, as a, uh, as someone who frequents 4chan, 
They throw the N-word around a bit. A little bit, yeah. Just a tiny bit. But honestly, in all honesty here, I think it's just a company trying to get good guy points on the internet. Yeah. I won't go too far into politics, but it just it, it it's just them being dumb. They just want brownie points from the people who actually think that the greed, the cartoon frog is a fucking hate symbol. Yeah, it's just covering their own asses, honestly. Um, Especially after that move they took with uh, China and Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. That uh, when they took a pro-China, when they took a pro-China stance. Yeah, that that was that was foolish. Yeah, that definitely didn't work out in the end for them. So uh, whatever. No one, no one, no one fucking plays Overwatch anymore. So yeah, I mean, I, I know it, it launched on the Switch, and I was gonna try it, but then I remembered <clears throat> PC Master Race. There's a second one coming out. I heard, and it has a single player story. Yeah, I'm I'm a little intrigued by that. A little bit intrigued. I couldn't tell you how much I don't care. <laughs> it's essentially it's essentially the same game. Yeah, but because well, you can there's crossplay. I, I was gonna say I heard if you have Overwatch one, I guess Overwatch. When Overwatch two comes out, you can play the multiplayer together. The yeah, only, you're really just buying a single player campaign. Yeah. So if it launches for sixty USD, that's. That's a problem. Well, and granted, the first one launched at forty. Oh, uh, okay. I was not so aware of that. So if it launches at forty again, but you're really only paying for a single player campaign because you could technically just buy Overwatch for like twenty dollars. Yeah. Well, I say that, but I also don't know what it's on the PC side. I'm assuming it goes straight through BattleNet, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. We're think going. We're so. going off the rails. I'm going to look it up. All right. But yeah, on console, you could totally just buy it. Believe it or not, on disc, for real, real cheap, or even digitally. For real, real cheap, and play with the Overwatch two people, and all you miss out on is a single player campaign. So, you know, uh, let's see. I don't think forty is necessarily, uh, you know, that good. Um, we'll see. Yeah, the only thing they're really pushing is the um, story uh, mode. Yeah, and this is officially from Blizzard, and it says. Uh, your mission continues, and you keep your collections. You keep all your skins and your loot. Um, and current Overwatch players will battle side-by-side side with Overwatch 2 players in PvP multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will also be able to play Overwatch 2 heroes and maps. So if you only play multiplayer, good. there's no reason. Uh, yeah, no, cool. You know, whatever. At least, I mean, it's good that they're doing that because, you know, it would kind of suck if it was the same game, but with a story, and they made you rebuy it. Um, and, you know, thinking back to what I said, $40, if the single player is fleshed out, like, you know, an actual, you know, single player game, and it's fleshed out and it's good enough, then yeah, 40 ain't bad, because it's like any other single player game, but with a multiplayer mode. Yeah. I yeah. just, I don't know what appeal the story mode has yet. They haven't showed gameplay or anything. I'm assuming it's Overwatch, but story-based. Yeah, they have, um... Like a really long, complicated, convoluted lore. Yeah. That I just don't I don't care enough to learn. Well that's what I was just gonna say was I think really only Overwatch like fans, like big fans, because there are huge fans out there of the game, um, and the lore are gonna actually give a single shit about the story mode. Yeah. I um, mean But I guess we'll see. Yeah, there is lore to it. Not that I for one care, like mm-hmm. I said. I just I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, no. It's, hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to get into. It's it's tough sometimes with lore. You just it, when you have a game, sometimes especially like a, a franchise, um, there'll be 
a lot of lore and a lot of world building. Not so much Overwatch. I'm more thinking, honestly, The Witcher with me. Yeah. I, I've had a hard time. But the thing with The Witcher it. is Does how much sense? time you can spend in The Witcher. True. Think about what you do in Overwatch. You jump into a match and you and, play a match. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Whereas with The Witcher, there's three fleshed out stories. Mm-hmm. You know? Even with The Witcher 3, there's practically two extra games on the end of it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right. The, those expansions are insane. Yeah, so uh, it made sense, you know. Um, but hey, if Overwatch fans are excited, and if they can make it, you know, maybe they'll make an awesome ass story. I don't know. Time will tell. Maybe it'll be good. I couldn't tell you. I'm not gonna buy it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Both with your wallet, my friend. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm not especially intrigued by it, but. You know, I just can't believe they'd find someone for that. That's hysterical. That's that's whack. I just wouldn't pay it. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, imagine getting arrested for posting a meme on the internet. Well, if you want to get into the whole aspect of it, that actually happened to... Um, he didn't get arrested, but he got fined by the Scottish government. It happened to a YouTuber, uh, Count Dankula. He made a video where he taught his pug how to do a Nazi salute. Yeah, I and he got to remember that. He got an 800-pound fine from the Scottish government from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, just, obviously, yeah. the government can't fine you in America for that. That's Well, that's what I was getting at, but I didn't know where this uh, incident took place, if it was America. This is a... This yeah, you said 1,000 USD, right? So Yeah, it was from uh, it was from the Overwatch League itself. Oh, okay. It wasn't from, like, the government. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's strange, but... You know, I guess if they have their rules or if they're trying to brown those some uh, some people, yeah, they do what they do. They do, they do what they they do what they do. They're gonna sit there and pretend to care about this whole shebang um, when in actuality they're actually sucking China's dick <laughs> all the way down. But yeah, regardless, fuck Blizzard, dude. Honestly, uh, I've marked down thin and light laptops. And how much I hate them. <laughs> um, now, if you know a little bit about me, I like uh, Lenovo ThinkPad. I have several of them, actually. Um, and the newest one I have is from 2013. And I use it every day. I'm actually... I actually have that specific laptop in front of me. Whereas my expensive, like... $800, $900 gaming laptop is just sitting there recording the audio for this. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what I wanted to say, my gripe with the pursuit of a thin and light laptop is you compromise on ports and cooling, mm-hmm. and it just sucks. It's awful. I don't want, I want a laptop that I can actually use, and I want to be able to use like my devices with it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that comes at a cost of, like, a little, make it a little thicker. Give me, like, more than one USB-A port, mm-hmm. you know? Or, you know, don't give me just a USB-C, like the 12-inch MacBook. Yeah. Or all MacBooks now just yeah, have a at, USB-C. at this point, it's all just that one Thunderbolt USB-C. No, I'm not saying it's a bad interface. It's a perfectly good interface to use. Yeah, but when you have 15 things, you need to connect to it. Exactly. I don't want to, right... I don't want to go outside, you know, to my workplace, to my learning place, something like that. And then I sit down 
at my desk and I have to plop down my laptop, open up my bag. Oh, I want to use a mouse because trackpads suck dick and balls. I want to... Now, I have to use uh, a dongle for that because there's no USB-C wireless mice or not cheap ones at least. And I if honestly haven't seen any. If you're taking a mouse anywhere, mm-hmm. you want a cheap mouse. Right? Yeah, no, you don't want some expensive high-end mouse. Exactly. The mouse I use for this laptop, I use it at work every day, is like a $20 mouse because I've already lost one of them. Yeah, so imagine if you had a, a $90 to $100 crazy-ass mouse. Exactly. You're going to lose it. So or if you do, you're screwed. I want to use a cheap piece of shit mouse, right? I want to sit there like an asshole and take out a dongle mm-hmm. and plug in a mouse to a dongle. Oh, wait, I want to use a flash drive now. <laughs> Get a dongle. Plug it in, you know? It makes no sense. Oh, God forbid I want to charge my laptop, too. I'm going to unplug the dongle, plug in the charging cable. What? That's ridiculous. That's uh, that's definitely... That's something I don't care for with modern laptops. Um, I think there's a place for things like the the Surface Books. Um, And there's a place for, like... Oh, there's absolutely a place for it. But this this meta of uh, making products that have one port that does, quote-unquote, everything... But yeah. they didn't mention the 35 accessories you need. It's like the headphone jack on phones. I understand the movement, but I also hate it. It's not that I particularly use the headphone jack a ton on my phone. It's that I want the option. It's the principle of it. Yeah. And it's not like I often use more than one or two USB-A ports on mm-hmm. my laptop. I have four on this laptop. It's the principle. I want the option to do so. Well, it comes down to, especially when you're paying that premium. So think of something like a MacBook or, or a Samsung MacBooks, high-end flagship. MacBooks aren't cheap. Not at all. Um, I recently, yeah, <laughs> um, one of my bosses, very wealthy man, um, bought two MacBook Pros recently. I know because I made the purchase for him. Um, so he bought two MacBook Pros recently, and they were like 2500 a piece. And those are like base-level MacBook Pros. And granted, I will say, I got to give Apple credit. They won't ever have my money. I'm not ever going to buy anything from Apple. But I have to give them credit. The trackpad, pretty good Yeah, for no. a trackpad. For a trackpad, it's, the it's keyboard, one of the best. The keyboard, superb. Yeah. Amazing. The only, the only keyboard that I think can compare is the classic Lenovo keyboard. That's how a lot of people feel. Where it was like the actual, it was like an actual desktop keyboard. Yeah, yeah, and a laptop form factor. So. Yeah, fuck all ports though. Yeah, no. You get, I think That's, you get two or three USB Cs. I think I think it's two, one on each side. Um, and it, it's the same concept as the headphone jack, where like, if they're gonna at least, you know, take out ports and do do things like that, give me a valid reason. Don't just tell me I couldn't fit it or we couldn't fit it. Exactly. Because that's the thing Samsung tried to pull with the Note 10 Plus. That a lot of people were pissed off about. Um, they took out expandable storage. They took out the headphone jack, and then people were like, "Well, why couldn't you uh, put it in the, the base Note 10?" Um, yeah, and, like we. Yeah. Well, we took out the expandable storage, and we took out the headphone jack. But check this out: we got these new wireless earbuds, and we make a new 512 gig version of the phone. It, exactly. That's 
at the end of the day, I would I know this will never happen because this isn't corporate <laughs> mindset. But just tell me that. Don't don't bullshit me saying you can't fit it, and then exactly. I have to go watch a YouTuber tear down the base Note 10 to see that there's like three inches worth of open area. That, that I believe I believe. Take don't quote me on this, but I believe that there is room a cutout for a headphone jack on the iPhone 7. Mm-hmm. And it's the the first one they took it out of, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a cutout for the headphone jack. It's just not there. Yeah, exactly. On the actual motherboard, I mean. Yeah, that's, um, that's the part that I. That's why I I'd have for. a I have a Note Nine right now, uh, 128 gig base phone, uh, decent, right? I have enough storage on it. I don't need to expand it, but I have the option if I want to. Uh, all USB C if that's your jam. Uh, it has the S Pen. Great. I take notes at work with this thing all the time. And it's got a headphone jack. You're telling me they could fit all this and like a 3,000 milliamp hour battery or like 3,500 milliamp hour battery. And you're telling me that a bigger phone can't fit it? When it only has a, a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, the Note 10 Plus. Yeah. So a bigger phone... You're telling me you can't fit a small little jack in there? Yeah, and uh, that that's the part that annoys me is that's not the case, you know? Yeah, that's don't... That's where I'm like, ugh. At least, you know, just be honest with me. Don't bullshit me here, Chief. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the time for it. And that's why if I ever need to replace my Note 9, I'm just going to get something cheap. Honestly, I don't need this expensive high-end phone, you know? Yeah, I've come to realize that in... Uh... In recent months as well. Especially you, you know, you live on your, uh, you know, you live on your own now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but, you know, you have your own expenses that come with that, and oh, you, yeah. you can't be buying a thousand dollar smartphone every year. <laughs> I can't either. I wish they were a thousand dollars now. The S twenty Ultra fourteen hundred, oh, like or something. the Note twenty plus uh, or whatever Ultra is rumored to be like sixteen hundred, fully spec'd out. Jesus Same Christ. thing with the iPhone twelve. I paid I paid two hundred dollars less, uh, more rather than the S twenty Ultra for my first vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I paid like sixteen or like seventeen hundred for my first vehicle, and granted, it lasted like a year and a half or like almost two years. It's a vehicle. It got me to work. It got me to school while I was still in school. My phone did nothing but watch YouTube, and like go on social media. And, yeah, that's you know, the thing I don't do. I do practically nothing with my phone, to be honest, to justify having such a high-end phone. Yeah. Um, and that's why, as, as if I get a new one, I'm not gonna get like a S20, or whatever, because one, no headphone jack. Two, very expensive. Yeah, extremely. Um, and the most intensive thing I do on my phone is like I stream music, or like I go on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. It's dumb shit. I don't do anything. I don't. I don't make calls. I have a computer. You know. Yeah. I can do way more on my computer than I can on my phone. I prefer to do things on my computer. And maybe I'm just a boomer, but like I hate doing things on my phone. Too many. <laughs> it's too small keys. I don't like the autocorrect. I don't. Listen. I don't want to give all my information to the Google. <laughs> okay. So instead, I just use Chrome on my laptop. Imagine using Chrome in 2020. <laughs> what do you use then, tough guy? Firefox. It's like Free same. and open source software. Isn't it like the same shit? Look it up. 
free and open source software. <laughs> Do your research. Damn. So, the point I was trying to make is that it's not that I particularly... Well, with a laptop, I use the headphone jack quite a lot. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's one of the... I mean, a lot of... Well, yeah, it's just one of the better interfaces because you don't and, often have necessarily like Bluetooth earbuds well, around. Yeah, and the thing with the Bluetooth earbud, it has a battery. Mm-hmm. So, like, not if, when it dies, you got your backups, right? I got the same pair of earbuds that I got with my Note 9. Great earbuds. Yeah, they did. Yep. I put some fancy foam tips on them. Great earbuds. A little section of the, the braiding of the cable, that's... Uh, cut out. I don't know why. I forgot what I did with it. <laughs> Tried to eat it. I Something like that. But I use them a lot. Because no matter what desktop operating system you're using, and I actually, I shouldn't say that, um, at least on Windows and Linux, Bluetooth pairing isn't Sucks. the greatest. Yeah, no. It's on not. Linux, it's a bit better, um, as with most things. But... <laughs> On Windows, it's awful. Yeah, no, it's certainly not enjoyable. I can't get it to work through the settings menu ever. I have to go into control panel. Really? Huh. And that's a common theme with me. Like, I hate using the Windows 10 settings menu. Yeah, you have to uh, use control panel instead. Yeah. let's. We're going to come back to Windows 10. I want to bump that to a ne- the next uh, slot. All right. Because that's, that's a... Uh, a topic for... Uh... That's a topic discussion. For, yeah, for a little later. We're talking about laptops now. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know. Um, so the thin and light laptops, I would say probably the de facto one that people think about is the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. Which pulls off the light aspect incredibly well. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the thin. It's very thin, very light. Um, it has about 10 watts of cooling capacity for a chip that's... It's an ultrabook processor, so it's not going to be super high power. It's not going to be like a 105 watt, you know, desktop unit, a G, uh, CPU, but it's going to spike to like 20, 25 watts, and it has like 10 watts of cooling. Yeah. And so you're in the negative there. Yeah. yeah. And Linus Tech Tips, he did a. You may have heard of him. He did <laughs> a video about it. Where he's slightly smaller than us. <laughs> He did a video about it where him and him and one of those other schmucks, because um, I only know him and Anthony because I like Anthony. He's my favorite LTT host. That's Anthony. If you ever hear this, I love you. Um, <laughs> you know, for his sake, I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> so anyway, Linus Tech Tips. He did a video about it, uh, the MacBook Air, where he and one of his goons took it apart, and um. They took the cooler off, and it was making, like, practically no thermal contact. Really? Was that the the, the one you showed me that day where it was, like, off to the side? Yeah, well, one, the fan, not on the actual heat sink. There's no heat pipes connecting it. It's just a fan off to the side. Yeah, yeah, it was Alex that showed me that one. And, uh... So bad. Fan's just off to the side. No thought put into it at all. Right. Secondly, they took the actual cooler, like, block off, which, again, no fan, no heat pipe, nothing. And it was made in such a way that it was 
it wasn't making good thermal contact with the die of the CPU. Yeah. So what they did is they took it to their their big warehouse, their machine shop area. Yeah. Machined out the holes to make it fit better. To make it have thermal contact and would wouldn't you believe it it worked a lot better. Yeah. Well, or would have thought even what they did as well is they took that interface, that block, and they put a thermal pad on it. So it was thermally conducting to the actual aluminum chassis of the MacBook Air. And it was way better. So I don't yeah. see... And Linus also brought up a good point, which I, I agree with here, is where he said that they're intentionally making their Intel cooling solutions shitty. So that when they introduce... The Apple Silicon. The Apple Silicon, it looks so good. Yeah. By comparison, because an ARM-based CPU uses, what, 5, 10 watts, maybe? Yeah. Like, I have a Raspberry Pi that has an ARM-based CPU. Um, and I have, like, a little teeny tiny heat sink on it, and it sits, and no fan, anything, it'll sit at, like, 55 degrees. Yeah. You put a fan on it, it sits at like 35. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point. I didn't know about that part with uh, with Linus. That's a, a great observation as to the reasoning. Yeah, that's it, all credit to him for that observation. But yeah. It makes that's, sense. That's ridiculous when you actually think about it um, but in the grand scheme of things. I don't think – I think the move to ARM is um, good in a way mm -hmm. but bad in a way. Yeah, I'm not too familiar. I don't like want to. I don't want to strike too far off topic just yet, but we'll we'll add that on because we're we're gonna tack that onto the list. That'll be coming up, so just be ready for that. So back to laptops. That's what we were talking about. Um, what I noticed as well is there's a lot of people copying the missteps that Apple makes. Like the new Dell XPS, and X the Dell XPS series is like the the laptop to think about. There's like the old ThinkPad series, and like if you want a new high-end laptop, the Dell XPS series is usually the way to go, right? And the new Dell XPS is like, you get one USB-A, and you get two USB-Cs, granted they're Thunderbolt, but, you know, and you you can plug in an eGPU, but if you're playing games, since it's so thin, there's no cooling capacity, so you're not going to get... throttling the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you're not going to get good performance out of your brand new i7 or i9 Yeah. out of an $1,800 laptop. Why do I have to make a compromise and buy a new dongle yeah. for an $1,800 laptop? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it comes down to, like... Obviously, laptops serve their purpose. Those people that genuinely need a laptop more so than a desktop. But for the same price, you can build a desktop that, if, if it's for gaming, per se, like you would mention, you would get so much more performance out of that chip. Well, that's the thing, is there is a place in the market for it. Yeah. It's not like this doesn't have any place in the market whatsoever. It's just that I don't want it to be the entire market. Yeah, that, that well, and that's that's the issue I have. No, well, that's like we had uh, we had talked about with um with the phones too, like you, you don't want every yeah. phone 
to be missing a headphone jack. Unfortunately, that seems to be you know the case. Every flagship phone. Every flagship. Is one. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm I'm partially interested in what OnePlus is doing. I hadn't really heard about them until like the OnePlus Seven, but they're they're doing they're doing good things on like their budget lineup and stuff like that. They're doing Especially some... they're like definitely an in between phone. They're yeah. not like budget per se, but they're not like the, their older phones are. But yeah, their newer ones aren't. Like you said, they're not budget. They're in between. I knew someone who had a OnePlus One. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they bought an invite to buy the phone. <laughs> um, and that was a hell of a phone. Yeah, especially I mean, for what he paid for it. I think it was like, I think he paid like three fifty or something yeah. for the phone, uh, unlocked. Well, it's you like know? the the new OnePlus Nord. Have you seen that? I haven't. No. It's their new budget phone, um, to appeal to the budget crowd because they've switched over to like some flagships, like some like high end phones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like nine hundred dollars. Um, the OnePlus Nord is four hundred, and it has like a Snapdragon I think seven sixty five, uh, sixteen gigs of RAM or twelve. Like it, it's a good phone. It's That's a, formidable, especially for the price. It has an optical underscreen fingerprint scanner, so it, it uses an optical scanner, meaning it takes like images of your finger. So yeah, it's not yeah. like. It's not as secure as something like uh, the ultrasonic that you find on like Galaxy phones, but it's also it's good enough. It's good enough, and it's it saves uh, saves that stupid uh, you know compromise you have to make with iPhones, which I think of all things the worst part about the newer iPhones is the lack of a fingerprint scanner. And you know, you have any idea how many times I use the fingerprint scanner on my phone a day? I use it all the time. Mine. I c- I could not imagine buying a phone that doesn't have a fingerprint scanner. Could yeah. not imagine it. I remember I had a bad experience with the fingerprint scanner on my S7. It just didn't work as well. But the Note 9, honestly, the back fin- fingerprint sc- scanner, perfect. Yeah, I um the I, finger placement, perfect. I had some. Uh, I had a LG K20 Plus. It's like a LG budget phone. I think it's like two hundred dollars. Um, before I had my first flagship phone, before I you know started working, was able to buy a phone for myself. It's like when I was young, um, and it had a back optical fingerprint scanner and wow you don't yeah. realize how great it is it's, when it's so much better and i i personally i love um because you the, hold the phone the same every time so yeah. your finger your finger placement is perfect every time yeah no it's it's great i i mean i love what samsung is doing with the under glass ultrasonic like i just i think the the cool factor is like awesome and i love it but i think there's nothing wrong with a back uh back glass or just back panel fingerprint scanner they're freaking awesome or even some of the phones have the power button fingerprint scanner. Those are interesting. I've never really had the opportunity to try one, but they're pretty interesting. I think that might I think be that another. I think that would be the same, the same kind of meme as the uh, what the f- the laptop fingerprint scanners would have. Yeah. Where it's like it's a smaller area of your finger that it's scanning. Yeah. Which all things considered is maybe a little less secure. I don't know. I yeah I don't know. But it's the... faster and a bit better. Yeah I don't know like the the science behind it, but I'm sure it's less secure than a full on fingerprint scan. Yeah, I know, I mean, I'm not, like, super, super paranoid about security. No. I mean, I am to a degree. Yeah. Um, I'm more concerned with online security, more so than physical device security. Yeah. I don't expect anybody to really get yeah, a hold honestly, of my phone. Honestly, um, and I've seen some guys who are, like, really paranoid about security say that their phone is almost a disposable, where someone can walk off with your phone. How often do you not have your phone in your pocket? Unless it's in my hand or charging, I always do. So unless it's in your home charging, mm-hmm. or in my it's car in your when hand, I'm driving charging, or yeah, in my hand, then it's in your pocket. Yeah. So how is someone? Uh, yeah, unless someone's, and, and as we say that, it's 
on the table on, on the, the side table. of us. But, yeah. but it's also just us, and it's within eyesight. So. Exactly. How often are you leaving your phone somewhere? Yeah, and I understand, like, you know, the whole accident thing. But I don't know if it's just me, but ever since phones have gotten remarkably expensive, um, I don't leave it anywhere. Exactly. The, fir- the first time I leave the house, the first time I leave anywhere I've been, I literally go phone, wallet, keys. That's exactly what I do. Even at work, I usually have my phone on my desk mm-hmm. at work. And if I get up from my desk without my phone, I go back and get it. Yeah. And that's at work. Yeah. Like, I know the people there. Mm-hmm. So... You know. I don't just leave it lying around like it's uh, you know $25 smartphone. It, exactly. It's not. I paid yeah. $1,100 for my phone. If you think I'm going to just leave that sitting on a table, easily accessible to other people, you're crazy. That ain't going to happen. Uh, so one of the topics we brought up earlier, um, Apple Silicon, um, they're going ARM-based. I think it's interesting for like a macbook air like a toy you know yeah you don't get a macbook air to do work no no well well you get to a do Mac- heavy you CPU get a macbook you get a macbook air to say you have a macbook true or like for basic spreadsheeting and shit like that like yeah very minimalist you know use case if you want to get actual work done you get a real mac you know like a mac pro or you get a, an imac or do you get a MacBook Pro if you need something on the go? Yeah. And those are considerably more money. I think those are going to stay Intel. I I think, personally, especially the Mac Pro, which show me an ARM-based CPU that has the horsepower of the like Xeon Platinum that they're putting in there. I mean, I, I don't know much about ARM, but I'm assuming that there ain't nothing that's going to... You know what is an ARM-based CPU? My $35 Raspberry Pi. You don't have to put that in a $2,800 MacBook Pro. Yeah, or or like a a Mac Pro that costs $6,000 for the base model, mind you. Yeah, have you? Uh, yeah, speaking of that, the new Mac Pro goes up to like 40 grand, fully specced out. That's like almost 50. Jesus, man. Well, put an ARM CPU in that. Well, all things considered. For what it costs, it's kind of a value. Kind of. Yeah. As long as you don't get the RAM upgrades directly from Apple. Buy your own RAM, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Obviously, getting one and a half terabytes of RAM, kind of difficult. Yeah, that's true. Kind of expensive, but it's nowhere near what Apple's going to charge you for it. Yeah. It'll probably be like another 6000 8000 maybe. Which, if you're already dipping in for 6000 for a base machine, you know, and if you upgrade it, the CPU is going to be like another 10000 Yeah, that's true. Whether you buy it from Apple or not. So, there, there's, like a, there's a weird dynamic there. It's a very, very, very niche market. I imagine they probably sell one, maybe two Mac Pros a month. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not like a new iPhone, you know, or a new iPad where they're just selling like crazy or their Mac exactly. Pros and stuff. Like someone buys a Mac Pro every year, like the new Mac Pro, the new MacBook. Uh, no, sorry, not the Mac Pro, the MacBook Pro. Yeah. They buy it, you know, the new one every year, or, you know, shit like that. No one buys the Mac Pro every year. 
Well, so they don't update the Mac Pro every year. No, it's been a while. They've had the trash can, which was a failure. They had the original. They had the original cheese grater, which everyone says is like the best Mac Pro. Yeah. Um, those are losing support, and I was thinking about investing in one a while ago, but it's just you don't get good value over something like an old workstation tower. You know. Yeah, and and. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't an old workstation be much more modular? Yes. By today's, you know, standard. Well, the original cheese grater does have a lot of options. You can the CPU is socketed, the RAM is socketed. Yeah. You can put GPUs in it, um, but you just it doesn't have that support for macOS. Really, um, which is oddly unusual for Apple. Well, they support stuff back to like 2012, which is pretty impressive. Oh, that's very impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> But it's not as much as Microsoft, where they support they supported Windows Seven for like twelve years, right? Yeah, it was something like that. It was a long time. It was like oh seven to like twenty nineteen. Yeah, which is you know impressive. That's crazy. That's a lot of support time. Um, <clears throat> but still, eight years of support—that's impressive. Um, but it just. Because the newest cheese graters are from, like, 2010, 2011, maybe? And they don't have that support for, what's the new Mac OS? Big Sur? But yeah. yeah um, I, I don't know Sur. if that's out yet or if it's still uh, Catalina. Yeah. Um, I don't know specifically. I'm not in the Mac ecosystem. Um, no, we're just kind of outside looking in. Exactly. Because I don't... If I ever get a Mac for some reason... And I'll tell you this, I'll do a hack pro before I do a Macintosh, you know. But before, I, I'll tell you this right now, I'll, I'll do a Hackintosh before I do a Macintosh. I'm not going to buy anything from Apple. Yeah. I don't like them as a company. Yeah. I say that, but I own a Samsung phone. Yeah, I mean, not particularly better, but, you know. I also, I, it brings back to what I said earlier about like the, the fingerprint scanner on the iPhone X and yeah. up where there's none. At least, like, for the most part. In my opinion, the essential features I need out of a smartphone, they're all in the new Samsung phones. They take out certain bullshit, like the headphone jack, but yeah. I can still get everything I could get done with the new phone. Sometimes with Apple, I just feel like they take out shit that really just it should be there. Well, and that's the thing is Samsung, I can also kind of get behind, is they offer parts and service for their yeah, phones. Yeah, true. You can get it repaired. Where I can go into probably legitimately like one of the dingiest places on earth walk in talk to some foreign guy and get a new screen on my phone for cheap and quick too it'll take 15 minutes you have to go to like an apple repair center like an apple store to get your iphone getting your iphone repaired can be the biggest pain in the ass ever it's like if you get your if you get your iphone if you replace the screen yourself, and it's not a genuine Apple screen, which you can get them, um, there's actually a big market for refurbished screens where they take smashed ones, they replace the glass on the front, and they sell that so it's a genuine Apple part, technically. Because the glass, obviously, isn't... Part of the, the part, yeah. yeah. It's not registered, essentially. Yeah, so the screen, it's a genuine Apple serial number that it reads... Um, and there is a machine you can get to take a third-party display and give it that serial and number. Flash the old serial number from your old display onto the new 
But, but why why should you have to do that though? Exactly. Why do I have to do that? Why when I can buy for my Samsung phone, I can buy a third party display, replace it myself, and get all the features out of it. Well, that's like um because you don't friend. get you don't get True Tone from your third party iPhone display. That's true. And Apple will nag you every like couple days saying, "Oh, you don't have a genuine Apple repair. Please take yeah. your phone to an Apple store." Yeah. Well, that's like my girlfriend when she uh, her camera is broken on the back of her iPhone Seven. The like internal lens is like cracked or something. Took it to Best Buy when she first uh, when it first broke to get it fixed, and instantly they they you know they ring up Apple about getting it fixed, and they wouldn't even fix it because the iTunes account that was used to set up the phone isn't the same one that's currently logged in. So oh she had got the phone secondhand from her dad, so obviously he got it launch day, set up uh, with that account. And then she obviously signed into her own account, and yeah, they would not repair it. We had to leave because Apple refused to uh, to provide the. I think it was to unlock the phone or something. To otherwise, I guess it's like you said, if they replaced the display or the camera, I mean, something would have went wrong software wise, and the phone would have yeah, been locked out. Um, so they're trying to get them to do that. They just wouldn't do it. Just wouldn't do it. Yeah, they um. There's definitely some like just really anti-consumer stuff that Apple does, especially with third-party repair too. Oh, yeah. If you get certified, certified by Apple as an authorized repair technician, you still get shafted because someone brings your their phone to you. Oh, you're an Apple authorized service provider. Well, you take a look at the phone as the service provider. You say, oh, it needs this, this, and this. You have to make a list, send that to Apple as an invoice, and they'll get back to you whenever whenever they feel like it and yeah. it takes sometimes two three weeks to get parts not and yeah not everyone's able to wait that long exactly if i if i was a customer and i walked into a, sh- a store and i said i need my i need a new screen on my phone if you're telling me it's going to take any longer than like a couple hours i'm walking out yeah no un- understandably as well um or I mean, if you're telling me, like, hey, we don't have a part to fit it, it'll be in within, like, two days, don't tell me three weeks because you're waiting for some jackass on the other side of an email to, uh, to exactly, reply. Exactly, yeah. That's just – that's that's beyond anti-consumer, you know? Absolutely. So that's Apple for you and, yep. and a lot of other companies. I mean, they're not the first, and they're certainly not going to be the last. So, oh, yeah, There's a lot of companies that still do that, the pain. Uh, my point, what I was saying is that there's definitely a market for ARM, um, ARM-based CPUs in laptops, like the Microsoft, uh, there's a Microsoft Surface with an ARM-based CPU, mm-hmm. and there's a market for it. It's a power-efficient, like, small... Yeah, yeah, you know. it's great when it's in its comfort zone. Yeah. When it's not, you Got know... some issues. <laughs> yeah, when you're trying to do, like, actual work... And they say they have this, like, they mention this new, like, translation layer that they can do where they can translate things on the fly. Okay, I don't really buy that, to Is be that honest with you. Is that going to be the fits, you know? Exactly. Because I've seen things translated and, and messed with on the fly. Um, like, I run Linux, if you didn't know. <laughs> We didn't mention it a bunch of times if it wasn't a topic the whole last episode. And I have to use like something like Wine or like Proton a lot. And essentially what uh, Proton does is the program will query a file. It says, I want this file. 
this Windows specific file and the and Proton will say okay I have this open source version of this Windows specific file and it's sort of a real-time translation layer I'm not super super specifically sure as a tongue twister on how it works and I believe that's how it works basically I, I imagine it probably caches some files that you use frequently so it's not real time, and I imagine that's how Apple's will do it too. Yeah, as a way of you know kind of creating that yeah. sensation essentially. But I have um, a very good CPU, <laughs> like not really? Ryzen nine's all right. Yeah, yeah. decent. <laughs> yeah, it's decent. It's all right. Um, <laughs> I can't picture that on an ARM CPU. Like my, like I said, my Raspberry Pi. I imagine it's going to be a lot more powerful than a Raspberry Pi chip. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd sure hope so. But my Raspberry Pi. It has trouble playing videos at, like, 1080p on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about that with the Raspberry Pis. YouTube, but uh, I imagine it's probably going to be something closer to, like, an iPad chip. Yeah, like a, a which mobile is processor. Very, but... It's very formidable. Yeah. Um, My thing is, like, why would they make... I understand why they would make their own silicon, whether they would make their own chips. However... Why would they do that when they have the option of like the iPad Pro? They're already marketing that as a laptop, which I think is stupid. But yeah, that's worse than the whole thin and light thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's because you're not getting a. Let me spec this out right now because it's ridiculously expensive. Um, because the I think it's great if it doesn't start at what it starts at. The iPad Pro starts at eight hundred dollars. Wow, it's a lot and of money. You get an eleven-inch display. So smaller than like a, a MacBook because they have the 12 inch MacBook, right? Mm hmm. This is for $800. You get an 11 inch display, 128 gigs of storage, no cellular capability, just Wi Fi. You can engrave it if you want. That's pretty cool. What is that? Another 1200 No, that one's free. You can engrave it. That's impressive. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised about that. I had to get some iPads ordered for work, and we had our um, company name. Engraved under the back. That's cool. So if they get lost. Hmm. That's actually genuinely but cool. But if you want a good display, 12.9 inch, hell of a display. Yeah. That starts at 1,000. Oh, you want some real storage? What would you say is an acceptable storage for like a, a light laptop? You're doing web browsing, things like that. 256. 256. That's uh, 1,100. Okay. For that. But that's just the tablet. Yeah. Did we mention the, like, $100 keyboard? Oh, oh, you're naive. It's more than that. Is it really? I know the old one was, oh, I might be thinking of the Surface, actually. There, There's the Magic Keyboard. I heard that's... Garbage, right? Is is the Magic... No, the, no, the Magic Keyboard's a really cool one. The Magic floats. Keyboard's a really good one. Yeah. So, you want to get a keyboard with your new tablet computer. That's another $300. <sighs> That pains me. Present me another keyboard that costs $300. I can't think of one, genuinely. I can't think of one. However, I do know that I'm pretty sure there's some mechanical ones. I know they exist. High-end gaming ones. But keep in mind, high-end gaming computers. I know there's a Razer keyboard with... It's basically fiber optic. It uses light instead of a normal membrane press a button. That's less than that. There is the only thing I'm thinking of that's close is that wireless Logitech keyboard. 
I was going to get it, but it's really expensive. It's 250 It's a wireless, mechanical, full-sized Logitech keyboard. And it's 250 Yeah. Wireless and mechanical. You know. You don't get any mechanical switches, and you barely get a trackpad. Yeah, To barely, be honest with you. I'm looking at this keyboard. Trackpad's like two inches. Yeah, in it's not a great layout, to be honest with you. No, it's not. It just seems like the keys would be way too small. Yeah, I. you know what's funny? I, I have a folding keyboard that I use for typing that I think I would enjoy better. I feel like I've used that one a couple times. I just haven't gotten my bearings with it. Um, but I feel like if I did, that one would be pretty good. Yeah. Um. um but that also costs $50, not 300 And that's also yeah. folding. Yeah. It's a tri-folding keyboard with Bluetooth. Oh. And it, it can literally switch between three devices at Oh, once. but wait. You get a USB-C pass-through port. Just one. So you can either charge or use a real device. Oh, nice. I'm glad. See, this is why I love Apple. They're great, great they, company. They make content. Um, if you're looking for a laptop and you, you're going to spend $1,100 anyway, don't get an iPad Pro. Yeah. I'll tell you this right now. <laughs> this, is, this is my advice for you. This one's free. Don't get an iPad Pro. Hey, uh, quick, uh, quick question. What's a computer? I'm leaving. I'm quitting the show. That's it. All right, now I'm going to complain. That's... Yeah, he, he tends to do that a lot, if you haven't seen the running theme. That was actually the entire last segment was me complaining. And it continues. So I'm going to complain more. So as is typical with a Linux user, I have to complain about Windows. Well, yeah, you have a quota, right? You have to meet like a quota. Exactly. Yeah, I have to I... complain about Windows at least a little bit. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, that was part of initiation for Linux. Actually, yeah, like when you when you go to the Arch forums, um, or when you when you go to download Arch, you can't just download it. Uh, you actually have to go into this um this big, like round, dark room. And it's filled with, like, several hooded people, hooded figures, black cloaks over their face. And you have to sign a contract in your blood that you have to complain about Windows or Mac OS, depending on what you're switching from, to whomever you meet. Yeah, and if you don't... And I signed that blood oath, so I can't not do it now. Yeah, I mean... So, I get to complain now. All right, buckle, uh, buckle in. Now I have a deeper experience with Windows than most people do, um, simply because uh, I mentioned this in the last episode. I work an IT job, and believe it or not, Windows pretty popular. People, I people use thought. it. I didn't know that. I I thought they would go for bankrupt. No, nah, it's only got like ninety percent of the desktop market share. <laughs> All right, it's yeah. not that popular, but it's pretty popular. A little bit. Um, so I do like a lot of admin stuff on windows and adding, how is an operating system that costs money? One, going to feed me advertisements and two, why is it so difficult to add devices to my, my windows install? This isn't a cheap operating system mind you. No, I mean home is a hundred dollars. Yeah, and I have to use Windows ten Pro because yeah. that has Windows ten home doesn't have domain support. 
-hmm. Windows 10 Pro does. So I have to use Windows 10 Pro because we use a, a domain. We use Active Directory at work. That's like 250 for a license. Something like wow. that. It's pricey. Why is it that it takes me like eight tries to add a printer? They're just trying to waste your time. That's all. I have to go in and then give it six months. If that. It just decides to break itself. And it's not like we're on shit printers either. These are like $1,000 business printers that are on static IPs that are managed on a business enterprise-grade network switch. Very high fidelity. We have practically no downtime. Knock on wood, because I'm going to say that. And uh, now I'm going to walk in Monday morning and the whole server room's going to be on fire. <laughs> so why is it that I can't... Why is it so difficult to take a digital document and then bring it into the physical world? Why is it so why is it technology that's existed for so many years been it's so difficult for it to work? Yeah, especially on Windows. Oh yeah, well almost exclusively. <laughs> Have you ever tried to use I know you use Windows. Yeah, Windows 10 uh home. Um, have you ever tried to use the settings app for anything? Sometimes for, uh, Bluetooth devices. Yeah. That's not Yeah, fun. isn't it awful? Yeah. Isn't it, like, the worst experience you've ever used? It's one of the worst. It's up there on the list. How is it, how is it that, okay, remind me again. We're in the year of our Lord 2020, right? I, I think so. I, I've lost track. I mean, everything's failing around us so. yeah that's true the the whole world is collapsing as we speak right now um it's 2020 we're not like cavemen we're not ape boys running around the forest banging rocks together all right we're like a smart very developed species speak for yourself i'm uh i'm pretty dumb i <laughs> I, I i tend to bang rock together all right that's on you that I create mean. spark you're going to burn your house down. I already did. Oh. <laughs> so why is it in 2020 that it takes me several tries to add a Bluetooth device? Why is it that I have to open this settings app that is probably, it's supposed to be more user-friendly, but it's probably the least intuitive thing I've ever used. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. The control. Why do I have to open the control panel? Do you want the control panel to stay or not? Give me an option here. Do you want me to use the settings app? Fine, I'll play your game. I'll use the settings app. Do you want me to use control panel? I don't know. Tell me. Yeah, well, I mean... Because there's certain things I have to go into the control panel to do. Yeah. I usually have to go to the control panel to uninstall anything. I, oh, yeah, to uninstall yeah. stuff. It's Yeah. It's A lot of programs just don't include an uninstall executable. And yeah. then sometimes the uninstall executable doesn't do anything. Yeah. So you have to go into control panel to add and remove programs. I think you can do that in settings. Yeah, you can go into settings and it but has all it, your apps, but most of my apps aren't right. even there. Most of them aren't even there. Or it freezes. When I hit uninstall, it just yeah. freezes. Yeah. The settings app is awful. Yeah, no. Even trying it's... to add printers, you can't... It's difficult to add printers by IP. That's normally how I add printers. It's incredibly difficult to add a printer by the IP address. Which should be the simplest way of adding well, yeah, a printer. Well, yeah, it's like a direct connection. Like, exactly. That it printer. takes me, I don't know, not 30 seconds if I'm lucky. It takes me not 30 seconds to do it through control panel. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know why it's so bad. I mean, I think of like the the Bluetooth device adding. Look at Android and oh, iOS. Awful. I can, I can. Even that's not that great, and I can get anything I need done with Bluetooth. But it and, works. But it works, and like almost every single time. Do you know how many problems I've had trying to connect my Bluetooth earbuds on Windows? Oh yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. And because if now if you connect it to a different device, sometimes it connects back to your laptop. As that was my experience with it with my laptop. Um, and then sometimes it just doesn't. You have to remove the device, uninstall the device, and re-add it, re- repair it to your laptop. Why? Why is that not an issue with my phone? Yeah. Why I mean, is that not an issue with my Linux boxes? And I'm not saying Linux Bluetooth is perfect either. It has its issues. But it works. But it works. Yeah. It's just a menu. I just click the menu, click the device. And um, it has a little bit of difficulty because I use um, GPU pass-through on a VM. So if I pass through my Bluetooth adapter, it doesn't... You have to unpair the device and pair it again, but that's different. That, yeah, that's a different reason. That's not OS-based. That's just simply the rig, right? The way you have it hooked yeah. up. And yeah. it's probably there's probably something weird going on when it's trying to connect the because it's connecting to the same Bluetooth adapter in a different operating system, that's, virtualized yeah. on top of an operating system. Yeah, that's so true. it probably it doesn't like it as much. Like my keyboard has issues too. Like if yeah. I shut down the VM, the keyboard will stop working. I have to replug it in. Yeah, dumb yeah, stuff so like that. Things like that. But I don't use my Windows 10 VM too 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 much. Yeah, well that's just you know that's part of what comes with it. Yeah, and um, for the maybe ten thousand people out of you know every computer user who uses this technology, you know you know the struggle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying that's actually. True. Uh, we talked about Linus Tech Tips earlier. I'm gonna bring him up again. He recently did a spot, a sponsored spot about um, Shadow PC, which is essentially the same idea, virtualized Windows, but it's on a network and has a lot of uh, a lot of quality of life things that you would expect to work fine on, like if you were running it on bare metal, and it doesn't have as many quirks as something like a a kernel-based virtual machine would be. Uh, would have, but you know. So I'm thinking about that to outsource my gaming to. Not all of my gaming, because a lot of stuff works fine under Linux. But my Windows gaming, so like Red Dead Two, Modern Warfare. Those are probably the only two games I'll play on PC, or I have to play on PC. Yeah. You can get Red Dead Two to work on Linux, not well. Yeah. No. Not well at all. It hardly worked on Windows for a while. Which is odd because it works, GTA 5 works fine on Linux. Mm-hmm. Like ProtonDB has a, it gave it like a gold or a platinum. So I don't know what the deal with Red Dead is. Yeah, that's, that's something altogether. Maybe it has something to do with the amount of time the game's been out. I don't know. It, it's something. But weird. Um, but if I can outsource my gaming to that it's like 14.99 a month or something and you rent a machine which that's pretty that's pretty cool as a service if it works 
Yeah, if it works well enough. I mean, um, that's a very interesting way of going about it. But when they when they actually get back to me and I actually get my account going, I'll, I'll talk about it more in depth. Because I'm always kind of sketched out by um, looking into something that was a sponsor spot. Yeah. Because obviously Linus was paid money to speak about this product. So how much of that was Linus and how much of that was the money? Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to with anything sponsored or any product sponsored so that yeah so that's why i only got the monthly thing it's cheaper if you get it yearly but yeah but you gotta see how it is first so. yeah but i will let you guys know because i am not paid right and frankly i don't want your damn money all right i have a job yeah i mean that's the truth i'd rather not have your money and be honest about be honest if your product's shit <laughs> all right then have your money and and lie through my teeth so, let's talk about something a little simpler than, like, blood rituals and oaths that you have to take to enter the Linux community, um, and how much I dislike Windows 10. Um, consoles. There's new ones coming out. Yeah, in case you haven't heard about... Yeah, yeah, yeah like, if you haven't heard somehow, if you were, um, in a coma, if you're dead, um, uh, maybe you haven't heard about it. Yeah. If yeah. you're... It, leave a comment if you're dead. <laughs> so the new consoles um i don't really care about the series x to be honest with you yeah i mean in my opinion from what i've seen heard read um there's a lot a lot less exciting things happening on that end it's not as interesting to me like it just seems like it's interesting in the sense that it has better hardware and it's probably gonna be better spec than the ps5 yeah i mean from from on paper it seems like it's the superior powerhouse but but, but, but do i it. give a shit yeah exactly there's nothing interesting to drag me in the xbox direction yeah and i'm not a big console gamer either yeah no i um i personally have always just like since the ps3 gotten the playstation simply for the exclusives because especially with uh the last gen well it's the current gen i guess uh the ps4 you know, you have your exclusives on there, and, like, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out in a few days, but as for, like, their other exclusives, there's nothing else on PC, but I can play Halo on my PC. Exactly, and it's, I mean, honestly, the like I said, I'm not a big console gamer. The only reason I would get a console is for the exclusives. Yeah. There's nothing on the Xbox that really drags me in. No, even, like, the one, like I said, Halo, and the one other thing about it that, uh, the other exclusive I like, Forza, that's, that's on PC as well, and it looks twice as good. I mean, arguably, it, it looks really good on PC, so, yeah. I mean, I'm more interested in the PC side when it comes to, uh, to the spots because, you know, like I said, their exclusives mostly are on PC. Well, because it's, yeah, it owns, you know, it's owned by Microsoft, and obviously they're gonna port their exclusives this, yeah. to Windows. Yeah. Because they're trying to push Windows as, like, a gaming thing, too. Yeah, Windows, yeah. Um, which is smart, especially because I would venture to guess 98% of people who play video games on P on a computer play on Windows, so... Yeah, but, um, yeah, as for the PlayStation, I mean, like you said, the Xbox is more powerful, but the PlayStation, like... They have the SSD, and even even the design choice. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the new consoles look like shit. The PlayStation looks like a stupid-ass binder. The Xbox looks like this weird, like, literal box. But design, you know, design speaking, the PlayStation looks like 
it looks different. It's something. You That's know? kind of a stupid argument to make that it doesn't look good. Um, because, uh, let's, let's flip back through the, the last few generations of console, right? Xbox One, original. Black Brick. PS4, original. Black Brick. That was, it was a little skewed. Yeah. Right? Someone sat on it. <laughs> right? Rhombus, you know? Yeah. Um, let's go back. PS3, it's got a little curve on a little, it. A little fatty boy. Yeah, it's, it's dummy thick. Xbox 360, <laughs> It's a box. Black yeah. brick. Uh, white, actually. 360 launch. Original white. white. Yeah. yeah. Originally white. I had the black one because I got in late. No, I think that was the Xbox 360S or whatever the hell they called it. Yeah. Like, the I, Xbox 360 uh, doesn't red ring this time. Yeah. 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 Right. Warts, as expected, three months after purchase. The Xbox 360 W. W for works. Yeah. <laughs> w for we didn't fuck it up this time. Basically. Um, even the Nintendo consoles. Yeah, the Wii U box. The yeah. Wii box. The Switch, somewhat interesting. The, the GameCube, literal box. Actual cube. It's in the name. Yeah. Game cube. Yeah, it's a cube that does game. Exactly. The Switch, however. Switch, little interesting. It's a tablet. It's basically a friggin' tablet that's super modular and badass. You Instead know? of doing two consoles well you know how they did like the wii u and the 3ds instead yeah. of doing two they just did one they unified it into one you know package so and it looks cool it looks nice you know yeah i have a switch yeah i use it looks sometimes nice. but with the, the new gen consoles the Xbox is this I, I i know what Xbox is doing with their it's design. straight up a rectangular prism well their their point for doing that is that it's Austin Evans talked about this in one of his videos with uh, with Microsoft. Austin Evans is a fucking shill, dude. Well, yeah, you're not wrong, but apparently the un- unusual design was for uh, cooling. It was to get that everything in a tight space and then use one fan for everything. There's one fan in the that's how X. That's how servers are cooled. Yeah. They have, at least my server, it has two fans at the head of each. It's a blade server, so it has two different units. But uh, the head of each unit has two fans, and they just send so much air through it that it cools everything. Yeah. So same kind of meme because heat rises. Yeah. You have you have a fan at the bottom. You know you obviously don't need that much cooling. You mm-hmm. know you don't need a big fuck off two amp fan that sounds like a a jet color. engine. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a big like hundred and forty millimeter, two hundred millimeter fan. You know you can run it decently low RPMs. You just pump everything up through it that makes yeah. a lot of sense actually yeah so that was supposedly the series X design scheme um the playstation if i remember correctly from the interview well not the interview but the when they announced the console officially the ceo went on record and said uh they wanted something that it will fit in a modern home as time goes on they don't want it to age they want it to look futuristic going forward more so than you know like put an xbox 360 on the side of your PC. I yeah. mean, your PC has yeah. glass paneling, these sharp edges, this nice... Co- a 360's this weird, round, like, oval. If you look at it from the top, it's an yeah. oval. Yeah. And that's what, I guess, Sony was trying to, uh, to avoid, was, you know, that outdated look, because, you know, like we talked about, I think, aside, consoles, you know, they're impressive for their time you know look at the ps4 seven years later incredibly powerful still because of optimization with first party titles 
you know, you have this outdated looking thing, yeah. like a DVR sitting on your counter. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That um, was Sony's approach, and I, I can respect that because I, I'm in the minority, and I think that the PS5 looks pretty badass, to be honest with you. Um, I, I feel like I'm also in a minority group uh, as someone who just doesn't care. About how it looks, yeah. Yeah, like my, like I have a PS4, um, I have a launch PS4, uh, because it was cheap, and honestly, it looks fine. Yeah, no, it looks, it looks like, cool. it's Sorry. like, I, I didn't buy it, and I'm like, damn, this thing looks nice, I bought it, and I'm like, yeah, it's a PS4. Yeah. Like, I, I bought it because it does what I want it to do. That's like, well, that's the, the same people who complain about the, the designs, and the same people who are complaining about the, uh, PS5 logo. Because it's the PS4 logo with the number five. Who gives a shit? Isn't that what the? Isn't that like what all the PlayStation logos have been? They've been like slightly different. Like the the PS4 is like a genuine oh, P and yeah, an S, yeah, yeah. but the other one was like their own take on the, a letter P, and like like they did little minute changes. And like the PS2 had that P and S, um, all as like one line that continued. But do I give a shit? Yeah. Do I care? What really? the? Lo- I, you know what I want? I want to play the new Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, at matched out settings on the PS5. You know, what, whatever they decide to make matched out, because I know they're gonna have graphical options with the next-gen consoles. Yeah. Um, and that's all I give a shit about. I don't care that the PS5 logo is the PS4 logo with a number five. Yeah, that that chronologically made sense to me that it would be that. Yeah. If I okay. Think about this. You hit the button. You hit the power button on your PlayStation. That's the only time you're going to see the logo is the power-up screen. Yeah, and maybe... Yeah, yeah, honestly. I was going to say maybe the controller, but even the controller uses that old-school PS2, like, PS1 line symbol as the PlayStation logo. The only time you're going to see PS5 is on the game box cases and literally when you boot up that console. And even, like, things that are meant to be, like, a centerpiece, as it were, like my gaming rig... I don't, it's not that I don't care what it looks like, it's that I don't care as much as some people do. Yeah. Like, obviously, I got a nice case, and I made it look as pretty as I could. Yeah. But it's not like this big, like, extravagant, RGB-laden thing. Yeah. Right? I'm not trying to build a 16-year-old's Honda Civic. I'm trying to build (laughs) a machine that's going to work and do what I want it to. Yeah, incredibly powerful, incredibly fast. And I think... That's kind of where I appreciate the approach Sony's taking, where they're, I feel like they're going more so for incredibly fast. Like, I know they both have crazy SSDs, but, like, have you, have you seen the demos of Spider-Man for the PS4 um, running, like, the load times running on the PS5? Yeah, it's like nothing. It goes from, like, 18 seconds of load time to 0.8. Yeah. Or point, like- I think it's 0.08. It's incredibly fast. It's faster that's than where the, anything. Yeah, that's where the, the technology is going to be, I think. Yeah. And that, the controller. They've made a bunch of improvements to the controller as well. Well, that, that's or, what on I paper. think is going to be the biggest um, drawing point for Sony. It's going to be the exclusives, and it always has been. Yeah. But other than the exclusives, because that's probably the biggest factor that people take into account when buying a console. Yeah, I know it's the the one thing that always makes me get a PlayStation for sure. Is the, exclusives. the exclusives are way better. Yeah. Um, and even if they're not better, once again, I can get the other ones on my PC. So now I have both ends of the spectrum and I'm good. Yeah. So, but I think that SSD is going to sway a lot of people. I mean, yeah, I know I'm pretty pumped to see because um, they even talked about the, the asset um, duplication. So like, 
you have multiple yeah. levels that have duplicates of assets, so now you get and it's like, so fast that they don't have to duplicate. Yeah, the they, assets. there's no seek time, so, so it's it's yeah, you save storage. Yeah, it's a smaller game, so instead of your Red Dead Two, that's going to be 105 gigs. Yeah, 100 plus gigs. It'll probably be 50 gigs or something. Yeah, granted, again, th- these numbers are uh, you know just us, you know, blabbering. So yeah. maybe it wouldn't be as drastic, but. From the looks of it, especially with games like Red Dead that are open world, so it's all seamlessly generated, there's a lot of seek time for those assets versus like a linear experience. Especially, yeah, the original PlayStation, original Xbox, I mean PS4 and original Xbox One, spinning discs, all right? Yep. You know anything about anything? Spinning discs, slow. Slow as hell. Bad. Even the fastest spinning disc. Like, Yeah. I haven't booted from a spinning disc in a long time. And I don't miss those days because it took like no. two minutes for my PC to boot yep. up. Yep, I remember being there. Especially then you'd get your older hard drive that would start to wear out faster than an SSD. Or if you vibrate the thing, you know? Yeah. If, if for some reason something happens where the you know hard drive gets out of whack, you are screwed. I, you see all those memes of people saying like, hard drives slight vibration destroys it and then they have an ssd they're like yeah just tape it to the side of the case yeah just do whatever that's the truth i mean you can you could stick an ssd to your ceiling and run a cable you're good i mean yeah because there's nothing moving in your ssd everything with moving parts is always much more susceptible to breaking that's why printers suck there's so many (laughs) moving parts yeah everything's a moving part but yeah these next gen consoles man i mean that ssd has me excited the i mean there's obviously the, the obvious thing with the the higher frame rate, the higher refresh. I mean, uh, the higher resolution. Um, yeah, that that's all fine and dandy. I mean, I plan on sticking with 1440p, 144 monitor. So the, yeah. if the PS4 can give me the 1440, 120, like it supposedly will with certain things, yeah, I'm fine with that. That's cool. That's nice to be able to play, you know, the exclusives that I have no other choice where to play them at a nice refresh rate. But I really, I think the swaying point is the load times. Oh, absolutely it's incredible the, the how fast it is it's absolutely incredible i think so i think so especially because for comparable performance on pc you're looking at like probably at least twenty five hundred dollars in ssds oh yeah because sure. you need multiple yeah yeah and that's the thing and i, I think it's like 825 gigs or 865 gigs for the ps4 uh, 5 and then the series x is like a one terabyte and i also heard that the series x uses like memory cards that you buy when the the ps5 yeah, yeah, yeah. is an nvme i mean i think they're both nvmes but um the xbox has those proprietary yeah you can get the you can get literally like a memory card but it's you know not 200 meg it's one terabyte yeah well, i'm not a huge fan of that personally as thinking about it from a consumer point of view think about who owns consoles you know that's a good point as soon as you said consumer point of view i kind of figured i kind of got where you were going like with a that. console a console owner yeah. is much more likely to want to just Plug slide and play. A, yeah slide a thing in and bam i have more storage just want to go through opening up his console putting in a new drive as simple as it may be yeah. Putting in a new drive, you know, well, my thought, formatting it, it's a whole thing, and yeah. now you have your new drive. Yeah, my thought process, you know, before you said that was, um, I would like where I can buy an actual NVMe drive and just put it in, more so than these super expensive proprietary um, 
I mean, well, maybe, I, I say super expensive, but there hasn't been like any prices. Maybe but if I'm they just took assuming. that proprietary interface and just made it like an empty shell you can put an NVMe drive into. Yeah. Something like, or a two and a half inch SSD. Yeah. Something like that, I think, would be a good thing to sell because then you get a little modularity. Yeah. Uh, if you want to, when you have the money, you can get one of those Sabarin eight terabyte SSDs <laughs> and put it in there. I think it's tough. Too. Um, specifically, I haven't heard much about the, the SSD other than that there's memory cards for the Series S. But with the PS5, that custom uh, controller, that's on the SSD, correct? Like that control module? Um, I believe so. so. I believe so. I think that's where there might be a slight problem on the Sony side of things. We're not you, gonna get that full. You don't get that full impact. I mean, don't get me wrong. I use an NVMe boot drive, and that's absolutely freaking amazing. But compared to what they're you know touting it as for the ps5 i don't think it's going to be necessarily the best to just swap out that proprietary ssd they have with your own you know one terabyte nvme or two terabyte nvme um and i feel like there could be issues there with not only like compatibility per se but also like the way games are designed around that ssd oh if you have a game that's designed for this hyper light speed ssd that can do you know load an entire open world game in 0.8 seconds and then you put one in that can you know only load it in 1.8 seconds there might be you know a couple issues there um how that will affect it i don't know but i'm not sure yeah i imagine you're probably gonna get you're gonna run into issues with that where you might get more pop in or just textures might just not load because it's not it doesn't have that, that special controller chip on it so, I mean, unless Sony starts selling proprietary NVMEs at larger capacities, which I could see being a possibility, but then it goes back to what you said. What consumer besides, you know, so, well, not what consumer, but how many consumers are going to want to pop open their new five dollars $600 console, pop in a new SSD? No one's going to want to take that risk, you know? Exactly. That's like there was people like myself where I, right after I dropped my PS4 originally, I put a 2 terabyte hard drive in there um, right shortly after because... That's the type of thing I do. It's like we mentioned in the first episode, we tinker, but your average person doesn't want to do that. You don't want to pull your console apart. You want to plug the thing in and play some damn games, you know? Absolutely. So it's a certainly a tough thing to manage, um, and I definitely think that custom controller might be a slight issue there, um, especially because that, that custom controller, you know, it's on the SSD for that SSD. So it's not like they can do anything where they put like a controller on the motherboard that interfaces with the SSD because then it won't interface with any other SSD. That's true. It's tough. It's extremely tough. So I'm going to leave that one to the geniuses over at Sony and pretend I know what I'm talking about. point I was trying to make, though, is um, it has a similar kind of idea as the, uh, the T2 chip um, on the, the Apple SSDs, which essentially just prevents you from booting an uh, and then a new OS. Yeah. Or putting in your own SSD, I believe. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can just throw in, like, any old average SSD. Um. Yeah, like, you can't... And you can't dual boot um, your OS, which is, like... I know they have boot camp as a utility, but it just doesn't, you know... You can't dual boot your own OS. For boot camp, your only option is to boot Windows... If you wanted to boot Linux, for whatever reason, you can't. Because you'd have to legitimately dual boot. Yeah. That's that's dumb. That's yeah. whack. I mean, it comes down to, once again, like we said earlier, the consumer friendly uh, friendliness. Well, I guess the, the normal average 
average Joe isn't going to notice that as an issue. True. Isn't going to try to dual boot Linux onto their Mac, <laughs> the MacBook. I'm sure everybody, everyone who has a MacBook does that. I would say probably... Nobody. <laughs> besides, like, real big techies. Probably 90% of people who own MacBooks own one to say they own a MacBook. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, will be honest. I feel like that's the same people who own an iPhone. To say they own an iPhone. Yeah. And shit on Android users. Yeah, even though their naivety is extreme. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't mind getting shitted on a little bit about having exactly, an Android yeah. phone, but you best know your shit before you come at me about it. Yeah. Um, if you're um, just going to come at me and say my camera sucks, well, then we have a problem. When it's better than yours? Like... Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake, we have that Red Shark phone with a 128 megapixel camera. Yeah. I think, personally... Uh, I see this posted around a lot that um, iOS treats you like a user, whereas Android, at least bone stock Android, treats you like an administrator. Yeah. Where you have control over your OS. And I will say Windows has that too. Mac OS has a lot less of that. Yeah. it's You're locked into like this... Uh ecosystem, you know, and it, it tries to treat you as if you're the one using you're the product. You're the idiot. Yeah. yeah, you're the one using. It's just like how they call their fucking tech guys geniuses, or they used to. I think they stopped now. No, but. they still have the genius bars. Yeah, it's incredibly insulting, though, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, oh, I brought my laptop to the genius back there, and you know what he did? He popped off the back cover and put in the NVMe. And he, he popped off the back cover, took one look, said, "Oh, you got got water damage. Can't take it," even though because. I didn't actually have water damage. It was just really humid last week, and uh, yeah, yeah, that ugh, that bullshit's annoying. But yeah, I mean, circling back to the consoles, I I'm interesting interested to see how it goes forward. Um, yeah, because with last gen or this gen, it was super easy to upgrade your storage on both consoles. Was it on the Xbox? I know on the PS4 there was just like a slide out thing. Well, well, on the slim PS4, you could just literally slide it out. Um, on the stock one, like the one you have, um, you have to pop off the top cover. Um, with the PS4 oh, Pro, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's under the front cover, top cover as well. Um, and you know, I should rephrase that because I don't, I don't remember how it was on the Xbox original versus the S. I don't remember what they changed. Um, but it was much easier per se than I would imagine these new consoles are. Well, yeah, because they're not using, they're using real drives. They're not using this proprietary thing. Yeah, which little tidbit of news i saw um i didn't really read much into it but the ps5 it seems to have leaked you know the the white flappy parts on the sides that everyone's bitching about yeah apparently there's a leak stating that those come off and you can customize them oh that's pretty so, cool So like you could spray paint it they just like pop off like with clips and you just spray paint them do whatever you want or you might even be able to buy custom ones oh that would be cool for um guys who really like dbrand yeah like their skins you just slap a skin on that boy yeah. And call it a day. That would be um, certainly cool, I would say. I know people did that with, like, last-gen consoles. They'd, you know, customize it. But that required would... you to pull the whole thing apart. Well, yeah, you have to pull the panels off to actually get to them. Yeah, this seems like they just might slide off and then pop right off. So That's that would be cool. That would be cool. So, you know, I'd, that'd be nice. At that'd least be a little bit of customization. Yeah, because you're, you're always limited when you buy into something, you know, that's meant to be limited for the sake of usability. You know... What I think, um, talking about consoles, I think about this a lot, is why isn't there a company, there might be, but like why isn't there a big company that just makes 
like kit PCs, you know? Why doesn't hmm. why isn't there a company that's that b- puts all their parts together in a box and sends them to you to build? Yeah, and gives you like instructions, maybe has like kind of a custom motherboard so it's a little simpler. Yeah. Um why does why doesn't that exist? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's a good point. That would be certainly something to uh, think about. That'd be that'd be a cool thing. Hey, any entrepreneurs out there? Um, I'll, I'll only charge you ten percent <laughs> for the. <laughs> yeah, no, that call would it be a founder's cool, fee. That would be cool though, you know, some sort of like build your own, but with assistance essentially. Yeah, like a big manual and stuff, so you don't have to. I think there's a market for it. I know a lot of guys who want to build PCs or they want to get into PC gaming. But it's terrifying. But it's scary. The thought of building your own PC is scary. Yeah. And, like, as someone who's, you know, done it, um, it might not seem scary, but you have to think back to, like, when you first, you know, built your own. It's it's intimidating. Just simply putting a CPU in is, like... That's definitely the most nerve-wracking part. Because there's so many pins that you can bend. Yeah. It's certainly horrifying. So, I mean, again... I hope these next-gen consoles uh, live up to the hype, and I certainly hope that those NPMEs are as great as they sound because... Oh, I, I, I'm i sure they'll be good. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be as good as they are in the demos. Yeah, that's that's the thing you have to take with a grain of salt is the demo performance, but I'm not trying to pretend that they're going to be bad because they're not. It's oh, an, It's an NPME no. SSD. You know the possibility of that being bad is? It's going to be good either way. Um, NVMe's fast. Very fast. Fast, fast. So... I guess time will tell. I hope so. All right. So, on that note, we rounded off with uh, the consoles. We talked about Windows. We talked about Apple Silicon. We talked about coffee makers. <laughs> um, I think that's that's going to do this episode. Um, like I said last time, we're going to shoot for like an hour and a half. You know, might be a little shy, might be a little long, depending on how it goes. Um if you have any suggestions, any comments, um, criticisms, things you want us to go over, something like that, shoot us an email at synapsemisfire at pm.me. Um, spelled just like the YouTube channel. It'll be in the description if I remember. Synapsemisfire at pm.me. Uh, it'll go directly to uh, either one of us. We'll either respond on the show or as an email. Or, or both. both. <laughs> there you go. Look at- See, we told you we were friends. Yeah. See, it's like we're finishing each other's sandwiches. Yeah, yeah see, I was hoping you, go. you were going there. See, there you go. No, All right. Yeah, anyway, that's that's our bit. Yeah, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Yeah, and thanks we for. Uh, hope we're doing a good job. So, I but, think it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. Um. But we'll see. obviously, you'll let us know. So, yeah. uh, thanks for tuning in, and um, I guess we'll see you in the the next episode. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Get out of my house now.